previously on Funny Science Fiction. And his superpower was sneezing. And <laughs> so I had to do all that. And I can't do it now because I'll spit all over my screen. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle C. Smith, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast we're providing lightsaber training to this group clearly will only lead to prosthetic hands for everyone involved. Our apologies in advance. Now, our guest today is a professional stuntwoman. She's a weapons trainer. She's an actress. And frankly, she's just all around wickedly awesome. And I'm stupid excited to be able to talk to her. Help me welcome the master of all lightsaber cool skills, Michelle C. Smith. And if you don't believe me that she's awesome, well, then you just need to watch this. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Le legitimately excited. Yeah. That's that's excellent. I'm glad to be here, and I'm legitimately excited to talk to you. Yay! All right. <laughs> we're nowhere near as cool as you. Just, we're okay with that. We'll just get that out there in the open. I don't know we're, if we're I'm excited. as cool as people think I am. So. <laughs> uh, I just watched a video of you. I just watched a video of you. You're pretty cool. I don't know. All you right. market yourself as a professional badass. I think you're a little bit cooler than us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, Michelle, between being a weapons trainer, uh, a stunt woman, you're an actress, uh, that has allowed you to be on plenty of sets for both sci-fi and, and, and superhero shows. Um, now, with that in mind, we love stories. So mm -hmm. we're hoping you can that you can share with us what's the craziest story about being a weapons trainer stunt woman actress on a set that you're able to share but before you do that can you just show all the kids at home that you still have all 10 fingers i have 10 fingers all right all right you know <laughs> okay. it's, a weapon, it's a weapons trainer thing i've been told so okay uh in terms of like craziest stories um it really it really is because the the work that I do was inherently crazy and dangerous and exciting, I feel like every time I go to set, there's a different crazy story. Uh, there's been times where I don't work with weapons. Like my specialty is weapons and fighting. And there's so many times that I don't do any of that as a stunt performer where they're just like, okay, you're here to fall down today. Or I got on one show, the coordinator called me and he's like, it's just a small tumble down a hill. I was like, oh, that sounds fun and easy. And then we get to the location. We just did like a little location scout beforehand. So we know, we know what we're getting into. And it was not a little hill. It was like a ravine with like a 20 foot drop and like trees and rocks. And like, I live in the rainforest on the Pacific Northwest. So like, it was the mountains. <laughs> and I had to run full speed at a, another stunt dude who was doubling one of the actors, jump, tackle him, pull him down the hill with me without having him land on me and breaking my neck. Then we both tumble down the hill. Don't hit any rocks or trees, by the way, when you fall down. 
And then I had to land at the bottom on his right side, so camera left, and then stand up and point my gun at him. Like, we just, like, literally fell down a cliff. And we had to land on a specific so, side. And, and thankfully, we did it and did it safely. But, wow, it was gnarly. So that's not an every that's not an everyday thing. You just don't run down hills all the time. Uh, evidently not. But there not? are other times. <laughs> there are other times where I, I've had these like moments of clarity when I'm when I'm working, where what's considered like an easy day. Uh, I was on Charmed. It must have been like a few years ago, and mm. my job for the day was aside from like the acting part of it. Uh, I was, the character had been hung by whatever magical forces. So I was hanging from the ceiling with a magnetic rope around my neck, but I was hanging in a harness. And my job was just to like hang there limply for this like five minute shot, which is actually really, really challenging because all of your weight sort of settled in the harness and you're trying not to move at all. And that was an easy day. <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, no big deal. And so like this conversation you have with people, oh, what did you do today? Oh, I just got hung from the ceiling. I, hung, was, out on, I, I hung out on the charm set. Yeah. It's so strange. It's it, so it does strange. sound significantly easier than tumbling down a 20-foot ravine. But It was. It was. And I'm not saying it wasn't painful, but like my whole job was just like, don't move, don't breathe, but you're hanging and all of your weight. And so there, there's a whole like system to it because – when you hang, gravity's there, but you're being pulled up by the harnesses. So they're trying not to make it look like the costume is being pulled up or that okay. your feet are dangling too much. It's like it's a pretty big setup, but that's an easy day where you're just like, oh, I got I got paid to just pretend to be hung today. <laughs> no big deal. Like Fair literally enough. no big deal. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird concept, though. It's so weird. It's such a strange world to work in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but thinking about all of the strange things that we that you've done we all start somewhere and end up somewhere we totally didn't expect to be so yes. going from something that was such an allegedly dainty activity as baton twirling mm -hmm. how did you make the jump to being a professional badass well uh i won't disagree with you that the world's impression of baton twirling is somewhat dainty. I think the sport itself is is very misunderstood. Mm -hmm. uh, but also that the sport hasn't done the, the best job of evolving with time. So I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was anything but dainty. For my experience, I, I was competing at the highest level. I was training seven days a week, 40 hours a week. Uh, it was everything about my life it was a it was a full-time job because i was sort of expected to go out and be one of the best in the world at it and then when i finished baton twirling so with my baton training i was i had a full dance schedule so i competed uh, in dance as well i had mm -hmm. group dances solos all of that we also did acro so by the time i graduated and was retiring from baton it was very clear to me that I wasn't done. And a lot of people just retire after high school and then they move on with their life. And I'm like, well, I just learned and spent my entire childhood learning this at a very, very high level. I feel like there's more for me to do mm -hmm. in it. Uh, so then I moved to Vancouver to be a professional dancer. Uh, I was sure I was gonna dance for the Backstreet Boys. By the time I got to Vancouver, they were no longer like 
the cool boy band. It was the early 2000s, so I kind of missed the boat a little bit. Um, and then through dance, I, I was feeling like I needed more. I love to dance, but I just needed something more athletic. So then I got into circus and the circus community is quite closely related to the stunt community. And so then I got into stunts. Somebody handed me a weapon, like a sword. And I was just like, I know how to use this. Oh my God. It's like my whole world just expanded. <laughs> and then I started doing martial arts and realized that uh, it's very cathartic to, to train kicking and punching. I started with Muay Thai. So I got a lot of anger out. And, and then I just kept following the trail. I didn't, I had no idea it was going to lead me here. I did have some sort of inclination that part of my life's work is to change the way people see baton twirling, which is exactly what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just, I've always had an intensity about me. Even when I was competing as a child, I was very opinionated about the state and of baton twirling and how I could make it better. And I just was like, well, let's do something about it. And here I am today that doing what awesome. I do. Awesome. awesome. So you have a broad set of skills and I was looking at like your Instagram and I noticed that you used a variety of weapons such as like the staff and like a Kasari. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be your weapon of choice? I think my weapon of choice is definitely a staff. That's the closest thing to a baton. And obviously my, I, I don't remember what it's like not to be able to do these skills because I started when I was five. So the staff is the closest one. It's sort of the easiest one for me to translate. Uh, a shorter staff, I tend to use four foot. They're technically Joe stabs, I think. Okay. Um, I like even shorter, like my collie sticks are just over two feet and I love them because they're very much like batons. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, staff is my favorite, but rope dart is pretty high on the list. And I like it because I don't know everything about it. And rope dart is an inherently problematic and troublesome weapon sometimes. <laughs> like it has its own character and it has its own personality mm -hmm. that's unpredictable at moments and i like that about it because it, it it provides enough interest for me to keep it keeps solving the puzzle and that's all this really is it's just mechanics and physics and then you just sort of put the pieces together in the right order and magical things happen so i really like rope dart for that i feel like it's it's still interesting to me i haven't i haven't learned everything i could learn about that hmm. so like how different are weapons in general like do they have like similarities and like or principles like across the board that you can apply to all of them or yeah they definitely do i believe that all weapons based and prop based manipulation so the spinning the fancy skills they all share a universal language are are the laws of physics in this current reality that we are living in are pretty consistent. So you know that if you have a fixed point on a weapon, you're going to move it in a circle. Even uh, like say you're just doing angle one, angle two, that is the combative version of a forward figure eight. So a forward figure eight that's nice and tight and fast is the equivalent of your angle one and two. And, and the reverse direction is, is the upper angles as well. So all weapons are gonna share a, a universal language, which is what allows me to use so many different weapons is because I just apply those same principles and mechanics that I already know with the tools that I have great mastery over. And 
skills will appear. They're, like a rope dart, for instance, it's it's a soft weapon, so it's not necessarily going to adhere to all the same rules, but the basic mechanics of it definitely will. And so that's why when I'm teaching staff spinning, I start with what I call basic flow, which are just forward and reverse figure eights, because that is the base of absolutely any skill that you will ever learn if you're looking for uh, vocabulary that's a little bit fancier than just your traditional technique. Hmm. Interesting. All right, cool. <laughs> now, Nick mentioned your Instagram channel, which is mm -hmm. pretty awesome and people should be subscribing. Like, go do it now. Um, <laughs> you can pause us and come back. We're, we're okay with that. Uh, and then you also have, and I mentioned this earlier, an amazing YouTube channel that Thank you. I, I keep going back to and watching all your cool videos. Um, and there's some great instructional and how-to sections you know, you're with the, especially with some of the lightsaber stuff that you do. Uh, for those of us who are trying to release our inner Jedi <laughs> or, <laughs> or Sith. And, um, but your lightsaber skills are jaw dropping. They are phenomenal. <laughs> I, Thank you. I, and I'm, I'm not just saying that to say it or, or to butter you up. Honestly, they're phenomenal. But out of all <laughs> your content, I think that my favorite video is your reaction to Daisy Ridley's reaction of your awesome <laughs> moves uh of what we saw at the what i played at the top of the at the video which is you know some of your introductory stuff at each of your videos can you tell us about that wonderful wednesday and what it was like for you to see that daisy redley had to go find out who the heck michelle c smith was yeah <laughs> that was one of those moments in my life where you know where all sort of paths converge in the most unexpectedly wonderful way. Uh, so I had put out that the original video of me with the flow saber, the blue one, uh, mm -hmm. for May 4th, a couple of years ago, the video had done really, really well, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, you can't always predict when videos are gonna do well or not do well. And a couple weeks later, my agent got a message from the Wired magazine asking for my permission for them to use my video because Daisy Ridley uh, was going to watch it. And so I gave them permission, obviously. No, no, say, no, no, she can't, she can't watch it. <laughs> and I was, I was on set on The Magicians at the time. So I was, I, I didn't actually have a lot of access to my phone and I'm just like, what is this? And she's like, yeah. Um, anyway, so I sent them my, original copy of the video so they had a good video and a couple weeks later days later i don't know the exact timeline uh they put out that video and so then <laughs> i watched it and i was amazed because not only did she say my name twice <laughs> she also said michelle pfeiffer and catwoman and michelle pfeiffer is catwoman is like the best my like uh, superhero like that she's the one she's the one that i've always kind of modeled my life after like i'm right. legitimately living the life of what catwoman would be in real life and and she said my name and michelle pfeiffer's name and catwoman all in the same video and i i may have cried and so then I, I, I decided that. that I was going to make a reaction video to her reaction video of my video. <laughs> that's the one that's on YouTube. Oh goodness. Yeah, I don't know how I would how I would react to Daisy Ridley saying my name. Uh, I, it was it was magical. <laughs> so you've had a fair exposure to superhero films and television, and I know that 
the majority of nerds out there are so excited about the expansion of the MCU and what's going to mm -hmm. happen in the next few years. So mm -hmm. are there any characters that you're particularly excited to see be introduced or maybe even a role you're hoping is going to come your way? I'm hoping, of course, that there's going to be something that comes my way. I feel like I've put out enough work to justify right. that. And really all I want is an audition, honestly. Like, I'm not expecting anybody to hand me, like, lead cast in a feature film or a high-budget feature like these Marvel shows. Um, but I would throw in a great audition and put my hat in the ring. That's, that's all I'm asking for. But uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about all the characters in the MCU, but I would love to see more characters, female driven characters. I'd love to see more shows that have a predominantly female crew as mm -hmm. well. It, it does actually make a significant difference just because it's been so male dominated for so long. Right. It's just a nice oh, change of pace, a different perspective in the storytelling. Um, but I would love to see strong female characters. I think Captain Marvel uh, is is one of those characters that I'd love to see more of that. And yeah. I know that she's controversial because she has confidence and some people don't like that. But <laughs> No, that doesn't make bad. her controversial. <laughs> but, no, I I think she was great. I really, I really liked her Agreed. specifically. So I want more characters like that, more characters of women that are fully in their power and just like owning it and and kicking butt while they do that i totally agree with that i have my daughter will be three in september and is very mm -hmm. much into superheroes and action and wants to go and do and use her big muscles and i want her to have yeah. those those people to look up to there's enough damsels in distress she doesn't need to look up to that she needs yep. to look up to the ones who have lightsabers and staffs and can handle their own <laughs> yeah yeah, absolutely. And and there's no reason for girls not to be using their muscles and their brains and, and their physicality and their athleticism in a powerful way. There's no reason not to. It's just that it, it's just not what we've been trained and conditioned to believe. And, and now is a really great time to change that. I agree. Absolutely. Now, if I could have a vote as to what character I would love to see you play in the Marvel Universe, mm -hmm. honestly, it the movie adaptation years ago was horrible jennifer garner almost killed it um uh the tv adaptation for netflix was much better still needs some improvement but i would love to see you someone like you play electra ah i would be into that her that costume awesome. is really nice too yeah I, I enjoy that yeah i she you know she's uh very much into martial arts she's a weapons expert um, I think she handles more of the size more than anything. Uh, mm -hmm. was, how is that how to pronounce it? Did I pronounce it correctly? I don't think I did. Sai, yeah. Oh, yay, I did it right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> for Tim. Yay, points for me. But, you know, so th those are her, more of her weapons of choice, but she's also a, a general weapons expert in, in that mm -hmm. line. So I think that that's something based on the things that I've seen you be able to do. Would yeah. Be, would be awesome to have a, a true martial artist weapons expert in that role to carry yes. that out instead of somebody who has to be and no offense to the actresses who who have done it not even to jennifer garner she she did what she could with what she was given but somebody not, who doesn't mm -hmm. have to be stunt doubled right so yeah so. and you know that's actually something that's coming up more and more within the industry because of the extra cost is on it and and then plus all these covid procedures mm -hmm. it, it's a lot to organize 
but there's so much more you could do if you could find the performers who can do the skills and can also act. And again, I think it's just more the way the industry has always worked that they, they haven't really prioritized movement and, and athletic and, and skill background for certain roles. And a lot of actors will just put on their uh, resumes, like did martial arts, but really they did it for a year when they were seven. Like that's quite common, but it's like, as, as someone who has fight coordinated and, and led like a stunt team before, it's really, really helpful when you're working with people who have a movement background on these action-based shows. It can actually be very, very dangerous for actors when they're not used to moving. Sure. And then they're in a really heavy action-based show. And so there is a certain amount of action that that actor is going to have to do because we have to be able to see their face and the double's not always gonna be able to be in there for every like running scene and things like that. But a lot of times that that's not their priority. So then they hire the person that they want looks wise, but they don't have the skills. And so it becomes really, really challenging to put really cool fight scenes and choreography together sure. because that person just isn't even capable of the basic movement. Right. And it, it's starting to change and there's no shade to those people who don't have, a, have an athletic background. That is totally, absolutely right. fine. But I do think, and I'm not in these conversations in the casting director's office, but I do think that it's going to be to the production's benefit to start finding performers who can do it all. And there are performers who can do it all. There are tons of stunt performers that are fabulous actors. We just, it, it's just the politics of the industry don't allow us to even get in the room for those higher yeah. tier like roles. It, it, because we have stunts on our resume, people are like, mm, they can't act. And, and they get dismissed oh. immediately. It's 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 frustrating, but I, it is changing. So I think in a, okay. in a couple of years, it'll be a lot different. Now, I don't know if I'm the only one who thought of this, but when she was like, they haven't done martial arts since they were like seven. The first thing that came to my mind was like, well, what belt did you achieve? Well, I got my chocolate chip belt when I was in the first grade. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's a thing it, and you know, acting itself is an incredible skill and it's a, it's a craft that takes a lot of practice and, and a lot of dedication. And if you're just interested in acting, just do acting. That's okay. You don't have to be in the next big action star. Mm -hmm. If you're not into running, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're going to do. There's going to be running involved. If you want to work in an action movie. Mm -hmm. So many heroes, especially in sci-fi, tend to lose some sort of a limb mm. so what's a body part you wouldn't mind losing if you had to lose one uh i choose my hair <laughs> <laughs> i don't need my hair um i get a lot of comments on my videos especially lightsaber videos pointing out all the limbs that I would have lost had that been a real lightsaber. So it's a good thing they're not real. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I don't like if I if it turned into like some sort of laser hair removal and I lose a chunk of hair, totally fine. But I do need both my arms and I definitely use both my legs. So I'd like to keep those, please. <laughs> well, I, I have no reason to vote against that. I just, I do find it funny that people feel the need to tell you that you would have lost a limb 
<laughs> and I was going through, and I, and I was going through some of your TikToks today, and I was watching, and I was looking at some of the comments, and you, a couple of the ones that you had responded to, and I, and I went back to see the original comment. I was like, "Oh, come on, guys! You're at home eating, you know, bonbons and having a chocolate milk. She's actually out here with the weapons. Shut it, right? You know, I don't she know. is the weapons expert. Sure, if it was right. a laser sword, like it's supposed to be, you'd handle it differently, right? Well, also, I think that I, first of all, a lot of those comments are a reflection of the commenter, and so I see them. I see them as somebody is voicing their insecurity of like, oh, maybe they would actually really enjoy learning this, but they don't see a window in. So then, it's really important for me to make my material accessible to all levels. But also, a lot of people don't actually have as much knowledge in in martial arts and weapons based martial arts as they think they do. Of course, you would never do these fantastic, flashy, dangerous skills in a real fight. But what those skills are doing by practicing them is teaching you attributes that make you a better fighter in a real combative situation. So of course you're not gonna use those skills, but you also, you're never gonna sit in a horse stance like you do in some form of, mar like many martial arts have horse stance, but you're never gonna fight in horse <laughs> stance. It's just about you being able to use your body efficiently and have the strength and the endurance in case you do get to those lower levels. So it just sort of shows the lack of education of the commenter, but also I just, hear me out. If I were doing the skills I do with a real lightsaber in the world where lightsabers exist and the force exists, do you not think that I would have enough control and capabilities with the force to not hit myself or burn myself or drop it in any, sort of way like I just like if you're gonna give me that argument you have to allow the room to be like well I'm one with the force right I can do anything I want if Leia can pull herself back into a spaceship you can do what you want right right have some imagination Jeez. right if, you, if you're gonna make that argument you also have to uh, uh, realize that you're probably gonna do some not do something rather that's gonna give you the nickname Stumpy for the rest of your life either so. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> So I want to circle back real quick to the conversation we we're having right before this loss of limb comment, yes. uh, a question from Nick. But so we were talking about, you know, girls in, in the media as of late. Now, my daughter is 14. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we I have made it a point to make sure that she gets to see all this female led media. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, so you, you mentioned Captain Marvel, which I thought was a phenomenal movie. I love Captain Marvel. Um, there's Wanda Maximoff. There's Natasha mm -hmm. Romanoff. Uh, there's Ray Skywalker. It's canon, kids. She's a Skywalker. Deal with uh -huh. it. Um, and frankly, I, I believe that it's past time for young women to have fictional heroes to, to look up to just the same as I had when I was growing up as a boy. Mm -hmm. I want my daughter to have those things. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier that Michelle Pfeiffer was that one person for you. Yeah. That when you were growing up, that Catwoman, that was... Pardon the pun, but the cat's meow. I couldn't pass it up. It was there. Um, <laughs> it's got to make dad jokes. Mm, yeah, uh -huh. all right. Uh, but, you know, now I'm assuming that you've always wanted to work with her, but it just hasn't worked out yet. The stars, that part of the universe, the stars haven't aligned. Now, for mm -hmm. me, it's Harrison Ford. Mm. If I could ever do anything with Harrison Ford, even just hold his coffee on set, I would go to that'd be like on my tombstone. Harrison you're, you're Ford's like coffee holder. Life you complete. Know. Exactly. So I'm just putting this out into the universe. 
that if he's looking for help on Indiana Jones 5 and needs a chubby 40-something father of three, uh, <laughs> look no further. Whatever you need, Harrison, I'm there for you. Just putting that on. The, but this is about you, so enough about me. <laughs> what would it be like for you, though, to be able to work with Michelle Pfeiffer in any capacity? Oh, well, it would be an honor for sure. And of course, I would ask her all about what her experience on Batman Returns was <laughs> back in the 90s. Um, yeah, I would love, I would obviously love to work with her. And hopefully it's for a Catwoman movie. Like she reprises the role of Selena Kyle and then there's this new Catwoman and it's me. Um, well, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely love to to work with her, but also... Uh, I just would respect her space. Uh, I get this question a lot of like, who's the favorite celebrity you've worked with? And I'm like, honestly, when I'm at work, I'm at work. I'm sure. not there to Google and idolize people. So it would be really, really uh, fulfilling to my inner child, my inner seven-year-old that had the picture of her like this in the Catwoman outfit on my wall for years. Right. Uh, but also it would just be really nice to work with somebody who has been around the industry for so long and see what their work ethic and the quality of work that they're doing. And like, that's usually when I'm working with higher level people like that, that's what I'm looking for is like, how is this person working on a daily basis that allows mm -hmm. them to sustain this career and do the quality of work that they do? How do they do that? What is their process like? That's what I'm most interested in because uh, yeah. I am a perfectionist and and when I go to work, I want to put my best work out there. And so I, I think that that would be where I would start with her and just be like, I'm just going to watch you <laughs> do what you do and take notes here. <laughs> Absolutely, soak it up like a sponge. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how sad it would be if you had that opportunity and didn't use that to also further yourself and better yourself and, and mm -hmm. learn from her along the way with everything that she's done because she's had a phenomenal storied career and, yes. and who, why wouldn't you want to learn from her right absolutely so. absolutely and that's okay. such a respectful view of those in the public eye too and um, they're so used to being stared at and oogled and having somebody who wants to do what they want to do but not be like how do you do it no mm -hmm. that, that, that's incredible that shows your incredible respect for her like that shows how respectful of a person you are thank so you that's really cool thank you i i think it, working in the film industry it's it's such an intense competitive industry uh that you sort of get to a certain space where and i've been really lucky for the last bunch of years that I've been working full time. And that is the sort of dream and goal of people who want to get into the film industry and not everybody gets that. So to be able to reach that level in the first place, it, it, you realize that the people around you have also gone through that battle. And for me, it has been a battle. Like I have given everything to get to where I'm at in the film industry. And I still don't feel like I'm at where I could be. And, and so knowing that you go to set and that everybody there has their own story and their own battle and their own way of getting where they got, I think like hands down, you're already respecting each other just from that. And as someone who takes a lot of uh, care and pride in my work, I, I want to make sure that I'm representing myself the best. Therefore, I'm gonna be super professional and, and give my best when I'm at work. So. 
being able to watch people and not expect people to hand me anything. Right. Because even if I ask somebody for advice, I'm not asking them to do it for me or show me. It's like, even if right. you could be like, oh, well, I just kept going or uh, I did this and this and this. And I'm not expecting you to do that for me. I'm just gonna be like, oh, cool. Then I'm gonna go take the action myself. And I think a lot of people now in, nowadays are expecting handouts. They're expecting right. things to happen instantly. Right. I get a lot of people that contact me and ask me how to get into stunts. And I'm always happy to share my experience and how I've navigated through it, but that's mm -hmm. not gonna be how everybody navigates through it. And right. I'm not just going to hand you a job. Right. You gotta you gotta do the work. You gotta earn your stripes and, and you gotta put the work in to get the work. Awesome. Definitely. Okay. So I'd already talked about my daughter a little bit and the fact that she loves your videos. So because mm -hmm. she's in that age of wanting to use her big muscles, what are your yes. recommendations for physical classes for a toddler? I mean, they usually they offer like tumbling and basic movement mm -hmm. classes. What are your thoughts on those and the benefits they have later in life? I think if you have a kid that wants to move, put them in gymnastics to start. Because in gymnastics, you're getting a lot of spatial awareness and how to use your body and, and like the control of your body to be able to do crazy skills. Like they can get kids doing round off back handspring at like age five, which is wild. Uh, but what starting them off in a sport like gymnastics is, is they get really, really strong. And then they're super aware of their body. They're very flexible. Then they can move on and do anything in life because you've set yourself up with these really like solid skills and so solid body awareness. That would be my suggestion. Uh, dance is also a good option, but I know a lot of people find specifically ballet, no shade to ballet. I did have done ballet my entire life. Uh, generally when, it, when you're younger, it's a little bit more boring and less interesting. So I think something like gymnastics or parkour Ooh. could be a really cool thing. Uh, they do do children's parkour classes. That could be a really nice place to start. And parkour is different and unique, and that might be a little bit more fun than your typical toddler yeah. gymnastics. Tim class. knows my daughter, and he's he's. I, I see it running through his head of wait, no, Honora <laughs> doing parkour. Okay, totally. it's the combination of watching Honora do parkour and hearing John yell out the scene from the office. <laughs> parkour. <laughs> Parkour, yep. parkour. <laughs> so the two of those things were converging in my mind at the same time and that's why i started laughing yes. sorry it wasn't yeah, it had nothing yeah. to do with your answer it was no it's the, just what my mind knows my kid <laughs> well I, I honestly if you're gonna put your kid in parkour then it's it, they have to every time they do parkour they have to yell parkour like in the office of course like that's just a rule uh, moving forward. Now, now, I, now I want to go do parkour. I need to start <laughs> looking parkour. for local parkour, parkour classes. <laughs> so you are definitely busy, you know, doing stunts and stuff on shows and, you know, making videos and doing your side stuff. And uh, what are some things that you like to do for fun outside of stunt work and practicing with weapons? You know, that's the most challenging question anybody can ask me. <laughs> I, uh, I tend to be a bit of an overworker, but I think that comes from me training 40 hours a week when I was a kid. So I don't know how to not work. Um, I do have a list on my fridge of things I can do for fun. Uh, I really, really love 
video games. I'm playing Zelda on Nintendo Switch right now, Ooh, which choice. is nice. Yeah, when I'm working and because I'm really focused on building up my brand and my online presence and really building up my YouTube page. I'm trying to do a video per week right now. So in the middle of that, when I feel like I'm in a bit of an overload, I'll just stop for half an hour, play some Zelda mm -hmm. and then come back. I feel great. Um, I really love walking. I like going for walks. I like going for hikes. Uh, I, I tend to do active things. And then when I'm not being active, I tend to sit and do nothing. <laughs> but uh, I, I did used to travel quite a bit, but obviously haven't done that in a while. But I, I'm really enjoying this sort of space of stillness. So being able to sit and play video games or journaling, I, I write a lot and and playing with my my cats they're both here i don't know if you can see them you can't see i them. did see them earlier there. oh there's one, there's one. Oh, there there's two. <laughs> they're just sitting there they're they're waiting for me to feed them even though it's not their dinner time for another three hours oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's <laughs> just a cat thing I understand. Yeah, yeah I was... um but i i really enjoy their company and and i'm trying to uh spend more quality time with them i know that sounds strange to people who don't have pets but uh yeah they're they're my being pets they're, they're part of your family of course you should spend time with them yeah exactly and, and so so when you do get to like sit and do nothing what kind of fandoms do you like to enjoy <laughs> um i i'm such a nerd i love schitt's creek <laughs> I, <love it> so <laughs> I my instagram is full of like david rose uh, David Rose is the first time I've ever seen myself <laughs> in a character on TV, so I love him very much. Uh, I do spend a lot of time on TikTok. Uh, I've gone through phases of fandom. So I went through when the original Star Wars came out on VHS in the late 90s. I went through a huge Star Wars thing, and so I was pretty obsessed with uh, Return of the Jedi and Am Empire Strikes Back Ooh, for a while there. And like movies. Yeah, 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 in grade seven, I was like all about it. Yeah, and yeah. then I went through a Harry Potter phase. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a little bit of a Lord of the Rings phase, not too much. Uh, but those extended edition DVD sets where they go into the behind the scenes were amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. uh, and then I, hours of button numbing entertainment. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Um, and then I got into World of Warcraft for a little bit. And then I had to stop playing that for my own good because I played it <laughs> way too much. And then the last couple of years, I've been sort of, uh, I, en I enjoy things, but I haven't been getting into things. I, I find it challenging to watch movies and TV, especially action-based shows, because it feels like work. And because I know how these shows are put together, I find myself analyzing any, oh. everything and I'm not able to enjoy it right. fully. So even if I watch a movie that's an action-based movie, I have to like, and a lot of times I have to pause it and come back because I'm like, who did they use? And then I end up on IMDb, <laughs> like, who's doubling this person? And, and like, generally I know from like Facebook friends or, or Instagram friends, uh, but yeah. Uh, but that's why I like comedies like Schitt's Creek and The Office and Scrubs and stuff is because I don't work in comedy. So it feels a little bit more removed from me where I can, I can suspend my uh, imagination and pretend that those shows are real. 
Excellent. Mm. That's a great answer, actually. That totally makes sense. Okay. I never thought about the the struggle of watching a movie when you work in movies. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be hard. The only yeah. Thing and it just started. It started the first time I worked on a feature. The first feature I ever worked on was the first Percy Jackson. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was super excited, however many months or a year later to watch it. And then like I was watching it and being like, oh, I see through it all. Like I see <laughs> the other side and like I was there. Oh, man. <laughs> It looks so cool, but I know. Yeah. The only way that I can relate to that is I used to sell for about 15 years. I, I worked for a company selling doors and hardware. And I would go from school to school to factory to factory. And, and I would sell them complete new steel doors and exit devices, you know, the, the crash bars on the doors and the door closers and all that kind of stuff. And it got to the point that my wife hated going out in public with me because when I'd walk through the door, I'm like, Oh, why did they choose that closer? Why would they do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you yeah. know, she's like, this isn't your job. We're out to dinner. I'm like, but uh, that's going to be my job. That's a horrible closer. <laughs> yeah. My well. husband does that with buildings he's drywalled. Oh, yeah. Like we were driving by and he's like, I drywalled that building. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't mm -hmm. care. <laughs> it was 13 years ago. You yeah. didn't know me. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Yeah, that's that, I relate to that big time. <laughs> All right, Michelle, we've gotten to a point in our show where we'd like to to play a quiz with our um, our guest of honor. So today we're we're trying out a new quiz. We're you are our guinea pig, and I hope you're okay with that. Sure. So today's interview is called Name That Sci-Fi Universe. And I'm gonna oh, give you yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> Uh, I'm already worried noticing the reaction. Okay, uh, but we have three choices for you. We'll, we're going to name something from a sci-fi universe, and you need to tell us, is it Star Wars, Star Trek, or Stargate? Mm -hmm. okay. okay. I might I might do okay. I haven't watched Stargate, but I've watched Star okay. Wars and Star Trek. Now, so here's the thing. if you It's five questions, and so technically they're all multiple choice because you get to choose one of three things, okay? Um, now, if you get three of the answers correct, we're going to send you one of these I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans coffee Ooh. mug, which also has our handy dandy uh, logo for the Funny Science Fiction Podcast on the back side. If you get four of them correct, we'd like to send you that mug along with this book, which is entitled Custodians of the Cosmos, written by our, our Facebook group founder, Drayton Allen. It's all about a young man who wanted to go to uh, Starfleet in the Star Trek universe couldn't make it, so he washed out and rejoined as a custodian, and now he boldly cleans up after those who boldly just went. Oh. So, <laughs> now, if, however, you get less than three correct, if you only get two, one or two correct, uh, there has to be what we call a fun sequence. Okay. And if that happens, we take a picture of you, we make a meme out of you, very tastefully, family-friendly meme, and put it in our group of over 134,000 members. Great. <laughs> All right. You All are right. in. If you end up in the meme verse, you are in a very good, good company. company. Dan oh, Pogmeyer, okay. one of the co-creators of Phineas Ferb, was one of our first memes. Yeah, he was uh, our second second one. So him and him and Frank Duran, those are the top twos. So all right, Nick, take us out the gate here. So this is an alien race 
called the Cardassians. Are they from Star Trek, Stargate, or Star Wars? Uh, Star Trek? You are correct. That is correct. Oh, nailed it. Look there you at go. That. All there right. There you go. Number two, Mustafar. Is it Star Wars, Star Trek, or Stargate? I've never heard that before, so I'm going to go with Stargate. Oh, Mustafar is Star Wars. Okay, great. I am. <laughs> She's like, all right. Yeah, like, Whatever. <laughs> Roll it. <laughs> Mustafar. Yeah, that's uh, Mustafar. That's uh, uh, Darth Vader's lava planet where his castle was. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. If I was paying attention. <laughs> it happens. Fair enough. That's the planet where he lost his limbs, Tim, not his castle. No, he, that becomes his castle planet oh. later. Okay, I guess. Don't question Tim on his Star Wars knowledge, Nick. Oh, my. Dangerous. So yeah, this spaceship is called the Daedalus. Is that Star Trek, Star Wars, or Stargate? Stargate. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. All right, two out of three. All Very right. good. The Ori. Star Wars, Star Trek, or Stargate? It is pronounced Ori. 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 The Ori. I want to say it's either Star Trek or Stargate. Because, oh no, I'm thinking of the Orville. That's not Star Trek, but it's kind of like Star Trek. Um, the Ori. Let's say Star Trek. It is Stargate. It is Stargate. Oh, man. See, and that's why I didn't know it because I've never seen Stargate. <laughs> oh, what's our score at, by the way, Tim? We got two and two. All right. So this is for a mug. This is you, Nick. For a mug. Oh. <laughs> this is a planet. Dan Tooine. Is that Star Trek, Star Wars, or Stargate? Say the planet name again. Dan Tooine. Dan Tooine. Dan Tooine, like Tantooine? Tatooine? Yes, similar to that. So it makes me think Star Wars, but I wonder if this is a trick question. Hmm. There are Dan no trick questions. Okay, well, yeah. I'm going to say Star Wars because it seems like a Star Wars name. Correct. It is! Oh, yeah! I love mugs! Alright, so you get the coffee mug. Now, if you want the book, I do have a bonus question for you. Sure. And I think, you, I think you'll, you'll be able to get this. Alright. So, in the movie Deadpool, Gina Carano plays what character? Does she play? Angel Dust. Never mind then. Okay. Hey! <laughs> we knew you'd know that one. I, I have a jacket that says Angel Dust stunt double on it, so I, I might know a thing or two about that. Yeah, I knew. I knew that you would know that one, but I'm like, I'm going to throw it at her anyway. <laughs> what if I got it wrong? What if I was like... If you would have got Wayne. it wrong, I would not have aired it. So. No. <laughs> We were like, oh, would you look at the time? We got a thing to catch. No. Oh, no. <laughs> not that, sh not that, that show you worked on for three months. That <laughs> role is why my dear friend is behind me. Ah, uh, yes. I love movie. <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out more about your work and what you're working on now? Well, thanks for having me. Uh, you can go find me on social media. I hang out on Instagram and TikTok a lot. My handle is at michelle.c.smith. 
my YouTube. You can just look up Michelle Krista Smith uh, and hanging out there quite a bit as well. But if you want to sort of see the the big scope of everything, just head to my website. It's michellecsmith.com and you should be able to get everywhere you want to go from there. Awesome. We are going to make sure that we put all of those in the episode descriptions so that all of our viewers can find you. Excellent. All right. We want to remind everyone that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to help our show continue to grow and to get, continue to get amazing guests like today's guest, Michelle C. Smith and funny Yay. moments for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It's going to help more than you ever will know. And after you're done subscribing to Funny Science Fiction Podcast, please go check out Michelle's uh, YouTube channel as well, her Instagram, her TikTok. Subscribe to them all. Trust me, there's enough awesome, unique content on each one of them that you are not going to miss anything. <laughs> and by the way, if you are not happy with the content of today's videos, all you have to do is sub uh, submit in triplicate, of course, to Deadpool. Look, he's probably going to draw like chalupas and unicorns on the first two copies anyway. <laughs> and after that, and he and Negasonic Teenage Warhead team up against Angel Dust. Look, he's going to need the extra copies on hand to remember what he was doing in the first place. And then he can come up with a really cruel, possibly juvenile, but hysterical way of dealing with your complaint against Nick. I mean, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Michelle. This has been Thank a lot you of fun. so much for having me. This has that been a lot fun. of fun. Thank you, everybody, and thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. -bye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 66. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and chooses to fight alongside Deadpool only to be used as a human shield, he will be able to know that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his left lung. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.